0: Coming up in today's episode, Kevin interviews another Kevin.
1: How's it going, everyone? Kevin Espiritu here from Epic Gardening. Excited to chat today.
0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions and learn how to make your yard summer strong at BeWaterSmart.info. The Green Acres Garden
2: Podcast is the podcast dedicated to helping gardeners hone their growing skills while we celebrate our love of plants. So whether you're new to growing or a seasoned gardener, you're sure to learn something new. Join the fun as we have conversations with world-class growers, passionate green thumbs, and professional garden experts from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. Listen every week. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Alright, let's get going. Time to cultivate some garden passion and knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gardeners of all ages, do we have an epic episode for you this week. This is the Green Acres Garden Podcast. I'm Kevin Jordan, your happy host. Back in studio with Austin. How's it going there, Austin? Hey, Kevin. I'm doing great. And this week, we have an amazing guest. I would say a garden legend in the making. This is a Kevin Espiritu of epic gardening fame. You've known him from YouTube. He's got 2.68 million subs. Makes my 1,000 subs hey. seem not so hey, great. Hey, you're doing great, Kevin. Oh, I but, appreciate it. But this Kevin, he's got it going on. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll have to give him a big high five at the annual Kevin meeting. No, <laughs> Kevin too. it's a fantastic story. Um, self-taught gardener who has just rose to fame and has helped so many people find their passion for chlorophyll and gardening and growing. So we are delighted to bring him to you today. Uh, I We just had the interview just moments ago. And I'm like still I'm buzzing from it. Awesome! How do you feel? Oh, no, for
0: sure. Yeah, no, I had a great time. He he's very inspiring. He he's um he's, he's no nonsense and down to uh, earth. Yeah, he's a cool guy, approachable, yeah. knowledgeable,
2: and uh, the the um, information he provided is very usable. And I think it's bringing that that barrier down so we can all have an epic garden. I love it.
0: Yeah. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into our interview. We met with Kevin Espiritu over Zoom just a moment ago. Let's go ahead and jump into that interview now. Here we go. I'm here with Kevin
2: Espiritu. Kevin, how's it going? Good, Kevin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to hang out. Nice to Oh, yeah. Glad to be in the club with you. So uh, please introduce yourself to some of our listeners for those, for the, you know, the 3% of the world who maybe don't know who you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what brought you into gardening.
1: Sure. Yeah. So my name is Kevin Espiritu. I'm the founder of a company called Epic Gardening, which really was just like a little gardening blog back in the day, uh, a way for me, I guess, to get off the computer, stop playing video games and do something with my life, I guess, in my early 20s. And it, of course, it has now morphed to a little bit more than that. Uh, but those were the beginnings. I didn't grow up as a gardener, didn't didn't really have any sort of familial knowledge on how to grow or anything like that. Um, was into science and nature as a kid, but you know, gardening for some reason never really hit me until my early 20s when I, like I said, I kind of went to the nursery with my brother, local nursery around here, grabbed some basil cucumbers, tried to grow them out. He did well with the basil. I did okay. I tried to grow the cucumbers, really did poorly, uh, almost like disgusting level flavor profile on that. Uh, but I was hooked nonetheless. And so, you know, we sit here today, it's almost 10 years later and, you know, epic gardening is a pretty sizable company. Now we like to make a lot of content, teach people how to grow, garden, how to grow, uh, and now have gotten into the world of gardening products as well. So I have some raised beds we offer and seeds and all that sort of stuff.
2: Well, that's awesome, man. I tip my straw hat to you. Uh, I'm so impressed by what you've created over these past few years. It's it's really remarkable. I mean, what, 2.68 million subs on your YouTube? Um, it, it makes my 1,000 subs seem seem even meager, even more meager than it already <laughs> is. But really impressive. Uh, and you know, you've got some great videos, and I'm sure I'll, we'll, we'll direct our listeners to you. Uh, if they haven't already seen it, man, you've got some great content out there. Really, I w- I'd be curious to know, Kev, what do you love most
1: about gardening and cultivating plants? You know, it. Cha- I feel like it changes every couple seasons or so. So at the beginning, it was more of the scientific aspect of it. I was growing a lot in hydroponic systems without soil, so you really had to study pH, you know, dissolved solids, all that kind of stuff, and figure out okay, I need to manipulate this entire plant. And as I've evolved in my growing journey, gotten more space, had a little bit more budget to put behind some things. I've really gotten into, you know, let's say this year, it's more about, uh, the, the beauty of the garden, trying to design a more aesthetic space, trying to design a space that like really makes me feel at home in my home. Uh, whereas a couple seasons ago would be more esoteric, weird varieties and, and growing a lot of vegetables and and fruits that were kind of out there and kind of weird. And so I always add like another layer to it, but I think it's the, I don't know. There's just, you're cultivating life on earth really is what you're doing. And so to me, I think it's endlessly fascinating. You can come at it from a million different angles. Wonderful.
2: I'd be curious because it sounds like you've, you've taught yourself so much. uh, And I'd be, I'd be really curious. What do you think are some of the most important lessons that you've come across in, in your garden journeys?
1: Yeah, man, there's I mean, there's so many. I, I think I annoy everyone I talk to about this because I always try to make some sort of garden cutesy metaphor to life or business or whatever. But the truth is there's so much that does relate, right? Because when you think about, let's say, patience or the whole, you know, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, second best time is now. Like you could, of course, apply that knowledge, which is truly an arborist piece of wisdom there, to the rest of, of your life. Um, I mean, I think about uh, one that actually really hit me recently, I, I keep repeating to myself, is you, do, you don't grow plants. You create an environment in which they grow themselves uh, because they know what to do. It's just that you know we're sort of cocky and we try to steal them from every single place on earth and put them in one place and say, why aren't you growing? And you know if they could talk, they'd say, well, it's not where I evolved, so it's probably not why, I, it's probably why I'm yeah. failing to grow. A lot of wisdom is simple in that way.
2: What do you think, uh, as you've learned, what what do you think are some of the most
1: important mistakes that you've
2: made that helped build up those lessons?
1: Yeah, I, I think, so one that I think I don't see too many folks talk about is, depending on how long it takes to get a harvest off a particular plant, that's the amount of time you should really think about planning that plant out. So like, if you're growing like a little annual veggie garden Maybe even something quick like lettuce, radish, turnips. You can kind of just mess around and experiment. It doesn't really matter because in thirty to sixty days, you're going to find out if you succeeded or failed. Then you get into let's say you know a backyard orchard planning, and even citrus. I mean, I'm only just now two and a half years later getting a good amount of fruit off of my citrus orchard, and I planted in a way that I I planted them like very close together on purpose, knowing I wanted to create this wall, and that has ended up working out. Uh, But if, you know, I could see a a world and we get messages like this all the time of someone who planted like, you know, two avocado trees, two feet apart or something like that. And now they're running into one another and they don't know what to do. And I would say like learning that skill set of like planning forward, I definitely made a lot of mistakes there, uh, especially with these longer growing crops. Yeah,
2: me as well. (laughs) Guilty as charged. But for me, I I learn through success, but I learn so much better when I fail, uh, sadly, but that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, don't they say, you know, the best gardeners have killed the most plants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. I'm, I'm working my way towards it. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how do you continue to cultivate this epic knowledge that you're, that you've been growing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's like natural curiosity. So I'll get into some weird topic. Like, you know, let's say air layering recently, I've, I've really become fascinated by to kind of clone out these part of the root trees. So much fun. It's really cool. And and you start with figs because that's very simple. And then and you kind of move on. Um, we have a team now though, so it's really helpful cause I'll never be the best, you know, really probably gardener in any category, really, if I'm being honest, you know, someone's always going to be better than you, know, a particular crop, but you know, someone on our team is now a really talented Dahlia grower and I'm never really going to get to her level, but I can sort of mentor under her and ask her all sorts of different questions, um s- similarly with with other parts of the, either the business or just, or the garden, I'll, I'll hit up one of our staff horticulturists and say like, hey, what do you think about this? Is this actually true? Can you find any studies that support this? And sometimes yes, sometimes no. And we kind of round our knowledge out that way.
2: Well, having, having support and a team, that sounds great to have, but we have a little one here and I it's always great to lean on other gardeners and growers. Uh, I think you learn the most from other people and what they've already killed or have been successful <laughs> with. So that, that's really solid information. Um, right now, like, what, what are some of your personal favorite veggies to grow? We're right here. We're in the heart of the cool season. I'd be curious to know what some
1: of your favorites are. You know, it's funny because I would not have imagined I would give this answer, but right now having a lot of success with all the brassica crops, I think in my area in San Diego, it just took me a while to figure out the right time to start them because for us, we don't get a true killing frost. And even if you did get maybe in the low thirties, high twenties any brassica would still survive that, especially with some cover. We don't even get that. And so realizing when to plant them has given me a lot of success. Like I just harvested a huge head of broccoli just yesterday. Uh, and it, it's never been traditionally a crop I really enjoyed. I think maybe when I grew up the way that they were prepared, just it wasn't for me, but now I, I really enjoyed them. And so cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, all those types of crops, it's a season for them. And fortunately now I figured out a way to like enjoy them in the kitchen.
2: Yeah. Same here. Uh, our school garden right now is packed full of brassicas, um, cilantro. I've been loving cilantro in the cool season. Yeah. 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 Do you have any specific, uh, warm season crops that really get
1: you going? Well, I mean the the classic answer would be like a tomato pepper, right? But I think I really have gotten into the garlic harvest, which will come right around that warm season. It's not really a warm season crop, but it's when they come out. And then, um, I'll never really get sick of growing potatoes. I think it's kind of, people think it's kind of boring. And even Jacques on our team, we call him the garden hermit. He he was like, why, you know, why grow potatoes? Or I grew for flavor. They're kind of tasting the same as everything else. And then he stole a few from my garden. He had some and he's like, actually it is way better. Uh, and so something as simple as a potato, I don't think I'll ever get sick of.
2: I, I love growing potatoes. We, we try to sneak them in right at the uh, end of our cool season, but before our summer, so we can get the harvest in right before the summer starts. And I've never, it's like, I'm always amazed at how much comes out of the ground on those potatoes. And I would agree with, uh, with you, uh, the texture I feel like is different when you have that fresh potato harvest come in. It just seems a little different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's something about it. I think there's also, it's like the meals that you cook somehow taste better or someone cooks for you versus like the meals you buy out. Right. I think there's some sort of psychological aspect to it. Like if I knew I grew it, then I, I hold it in a higher regard in the kitchen and I'm even if it's terrible, I might even think it's better just because I'm, I don't know, tricking myself. Oh yeah.
2: It's like, we love, it's like loving your dog more than anybody else could ever love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How, That's a good point.
2: Given your experience and your growth, uh, that robust growth, how, how can we, uh, as just everyday gardeners and growers, our listeners, how can we do the same? How can we cultivate our own Epic gardens?
1: I would say like follow the thing you're most interested in and and maybe don't listen to what someone like me even says sometimes. Like if I, I get into I get hyped on a certain thing, right? Or other another creator or another person who you might look up to, obviously take people's advice and perspectives. But you know, if you really are jazzed about a particular plant or a particular style of gardening or whatever, like just go all in on it because there's so many different ways to to approach this. And to me, like the staying power of growing season after season, like you need to get two or three under your belt before you even really feel like you know what the hell you're doing in the first place. That's my opinion. And so whatever gets you like that momentum to keep going, I would be in full support of.
2: Right on. Uh, When it comes to soil building, what are you doing in your garden to improve that soil? I mean, in our podcast, I think it comes up almost every single week, nearly no matter what the topic is. We always bring up just soil fertility, soil health, and and how we can just make it more robust. What are you doing in your own garden to uh, make that happen?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we we bought in a good amount of compost at the start of the journey, and we did a lot of heavy sort of ramial mulch or like arborist wood chip style mulching, and I think that put some of the unplanted areas kind of in like a nice stasis, like slowly building soil over time. Because I knew I wasn't going to plant in those for a couple years, um, but besides that. Now the compost machine, like the on-site compost machine is starting to, to go, which is great because I'd, I'd rather not have to buy it in. So applying a lot of that, I mean, keeping the soil covered. Uh, generally, I like to grow a cover crop every so often. And sometimes I, I won't chop and drop it necessarily all in the same space. Sometimes I'll like chop, shred, and like even move that around to other areas. But I don't do a whole lot these days with you know, any of the more fancy, I guess, techniques. And I will do some, you know, liquid or granular fertilizer for particular crops. Like I, I might pump my tomatoes up a little bit if I if I really want to, sometimes I don't, sometimes I do.
2: Well, you know, I'd be curious, uh, what is your favorite tomato?
1: Man, I mean, that's that's one of those things where like, I really struggle with favorites because it, I really do, because every year I find some random thing, you know? Like a couple years ago it was B- Beauty King, was one of my favorites, which I don't know if it's that popular of one. I got obsessed with a mortgage lifter, just almost just for the story of it. it Radiator Charlie. What's that?
2: Is that the, I've heard a name sometimes Radiator Charlie's mortgage lifter or whatever. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, what a beautiful story that is, you know? Uh, so I almost don't even care how that tastes. I just want to grow it to be a part of the, that story somehow. Um, you know, so some that story t- was what it was a, f- can you tell us, I'm sorry to cut you off, but can you tell us a little bit about that story? Well, I mean, the way I understand it, I'm, I guarantee I'm not going to get the details right is basically the variety was so prolific and and gigantic that he, he it seemed like he, he, was sort of saying like, grow this and sell it. And there you go. You can pay, pay your mortgage off. That's my understanding. Uh, so to me, it's just, that's such a cool story. I, I think I love that as well, because
2: there, I think there's a lot of plants out there and they come with a little history, a little story. And, um, every time there is, I think that's just something that just adds to the spice of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The the world of plants has so many fun names for all these varieties. Uh, And so I I actually think we should all get crazier with the names. Like, I think breeders should get crazier, add more story to it, add more fun to it. And like, I I met a guy who grew, uh, he didn't grow it, but he developed a potato, the Clancy potato, that you can grow from a true potato seed, not a small tuber, Um, and I was talking to him. He's like, it took me 20 years to develop this because potato genetics are, I think it's called like triploid genetics or something like that. I'm not going to get it perfectly right, but basically you can't traditionally breed them as predictably as other things. And so it took him two decades. And even then, when you grow the Clancy, you get a sort of the way he described it is you sort of get a population of tomatoes that are, or potatoes that are similar enough to be considered a cultivar, but they're not actually all the same. Um, and so I was just like, dude, what a cool, what a cool story. Like everyone would buy that if you just told that story.
2: Absolutely. Are, are you going to get into a, a, any breeding of your own? I don't want to get into your love life, but you that's
1: know. the Yeah. Yeah. You know, spoiler alert. No, um, the, the dream would be to do something like that. I've always had a, a sort of dream or a, Maybe a little personal achievement scoreboard of, of naming a, a new variety, but I haven't made one, so I don't really think I have the <laughs> ability to name one, so we'll have to see.
2: Yeah, the future is bright for you, so I'm sure you'll you'll get an opportunity, which actually brings me to something that's really cool. What, um, my very first interview, when I was lucky enough to, to land this gig, um, was a gentleman who owned a seed company called Botanical Interests, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Can you tell us how, how you um, kind of have a connection with that?
1: Well, that is a crazy story because when I mentioned I went to the nursery to buy basil and cucumber, well, basil was a live plant, but the cucumber was seeds and it was a market more 76 cucumber seed from botanical interest. I didn't know anything about the brand back then, of course, but that drawing, right? That beautiful labeling. Oh,
2: yeah, the labeling
1: it. stuck out and, and still st- sticks out to this day, 10 years later. Um, and then now epic and and myself we we now own the company we we own botanical interests and and Curtis who's the man you had on the podcast yeah. and his his wife Judy have sort of moved on from the business and they're enjoying an awesome retirement but to me it just i'm sitting here like dude that's so crazy that that's underneath you know the epic gardening banner now
2: i'm stoked for you um botanical interest is one of my favorite seed companies um not just the seed but like like i said his story is really awesome as well um, how he started the company, it, w- it was just fantastic. And to see it fall into your hands in such a great way, I think it's its definitely going to be um, in great hands, I think, with you and, and your team. So I'm really yeah. excited to see what you guys do with it. What I, One of the things I love about, about Botanical Interest is, like I said, not just the seed choice, the quality, but um, and the beautiful labeling, but I, I love how you can actually rip open that label, and there's, mm. there's additional information everywhere, on the back, on the front, on the inside of the packet – And so I think there's just, there's so much there uh, that's really enjoyable. One of my favorite tomatoes, you guys sell the the sun gold. And so I absolutely, that's one of my just diehard favorites. And it's how I get um, students and younger folks who, I don't love tomato. I don't even like them. I go, try this. And they will try that botanical interest sun gold tomato. And they go, okay, never mind, I'm into it. I like tomatoes now. Now
1: I'm hooked. You know, what's crazy is now, now that I'm on the other side of the equation and, and you know, obviously we have a very capable team who does a lot of the day-to-day operations of running botanical, but I get to see some behind the scenes, right? And so I always wonder like, why are some seeds so expensive? Well, the Sun Gold seed is so expensive for yeah. us to buy oh. that I go, oh, no wonder it costs however much it costs a pack, right? Because you could buy a pound of it. I don't know the exact price, but I mean, there are some seeds out there in the world. Like Stevia, I think is one where you buy a pound of Stevia seed, you're out five plus figures just for that. It's insane.
2: Just for that sweet little weedy plant. I know. Yeah. Right on. Um, so I hope people will go check it out. It's cool that it, like I said, it's cool that it's in your, your hands now. And I I hope you guys do great things with it. Is there anything, will things stay business as usual or do you have any ideas to kind of improve upon what has already been created?
1: Well, I think anytime you decide to purchase a business, you you believe something can be improved, right? But I think the important thing for us, and certainly for Judy and Curtis and and people who love the brand, is what we're not going to do. So, you know, <laughs> when we announced it, don't change the packets. I was like, I would never, I would never. I mean, yeah, that, that's the whole reason I ca- I came to the brand in the first place. You know, the germination rates and the sort of testing process we do when we receive and and grow out our seed. That's the stuff that makes makes the brand, you know, do I think there's some cool stuff we can do? Absolutely. Like bringing in some fun, new varieties, maybe rare varieties, maybe smaller batch. Um, I don't know, maybe different collections. We obviously have an audience at Epic who's maybe a bit younger as far as the demographic goes, maybe doesn't have a lot of space. So maybe launching a patio container collection, uh, things like that, that I just think make the seed world a little more accessible for beginners. But like the soul of botanical is something that we we don't want to change.
2: Fantastic. Well, I, I personally love, love, love growing from seed. Um, I think it's just, it's so it's economical. You get access to so many different varieties. What, um, and if, could you give us a little advice for maybe a first time or a novice gardener or grower on just maybe some, uh, some germination of, of how to properly germinate those seeds to ensure some success?
1: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like part of this is just gr- grower's memory, like remembering to, to, <laughs> keep your soil moist to not burn out the seeds. Uh, I think just respecting the germination temperature and time and then properly setting up your soil mix. Like A lot of people, especially beginner, will buy any mix and then just try to start seeds in that. And you really do want a finer grained mix to start your seeds in, it makes life Way way easier, especially when you got seeds that maybe do need to sit sort of at the surface or just below the surface. And so, if you don't have seed starting mix, what we do is we have like a quarter inch screen, uh, and we just screen potting soil through it or screen your native soil through it. Whatever you can do to get a nice fine grain mix, to me that tends to be one of the easier ways to to guarantee good germ. That's great advice because I
2: remember when I first started growing, I tried. I was like, oh, here's a nice potting mix. I'll throw some seeds in it, and it's kind of chunky and chunky and it just wasn't the best. You know, those seeds were having to push up past some pretty heavy chunks. So I love that, the screening idea. That's a great way to to turn something that you already have in, into your own kind of homemade germination mix. What a great yeah. idea.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can always buy seed starting mix and it's it's a great product. It works really well, but if you just don't have it on hand, it's just a, it's an easy way to do it. You can even take like a colander and kind of screen through if you want to. There we go. Um, that's,
2: yeah, then you got to wash that sucker out and get some pasta in there.
1: Yeah, I know. Um <laughs>
2: What are your thoughts on homesteading I know that's a it's like a kind of the craze right now and it's kind of like gardening kind of on steroids or fertilizer you know extra fertilizer in that garden uh, aspect
1: but what do you what are your thoughts on it I'd be curious I mean I'm a big fan I think it, the word needs to be redefined a little bit to be a little more accessible and so you know we have epic gardening as our main channel like you mentioned but we also have epic homesteading I started that three years ago when I bought a house and it's a suburban, home or semi-urban home in San Diego with like a third of an acre, maybe. So it's, it's not large. And so my whole logic on that is I was like, look, I'll call it Epic Homesteading. And I'm going to see if I can change what people imagine homesteading to be. It's okay that you're not like, you know, on 200 acres in, in Wisconsin, you know, slaughtering your own cattle. (laughs) It's, it's, It's good enough to, you know, maybe have a couple solar panels, maybe capture a little rain, maybe grow 25% 25% of your own food. I mean back in the Victory Garden days, that's like I think the country grew around 20-25% of its own food, which is crazy high. That's amazing to even think about. Yeah. Yeah. So to me I I'm big on it. I just think it needs to be accessibleized a little bit more, not not as much gatekeeping. So Kevin, a lot of our
2: listeners and gardeners at home, they have pretty limited space, but they want to grow as much as they can. And so there's the, you know, the course the the, the technique and the practice of square foot gardening. Have you grown that with that technique at all? And what's your connection with that?
1: Yeah, that's a wild story because, you know, when I I mentioned that I was kind of playing a lot of video games, trying to get off the computer, and I was designing websites back in the day, way back in the day. And I responded to an ad on Craigslist for something called the Square Foot Gardening Foundation. I didn't know what it was. Wasn't a gardener at the time. Uh, I met Mel Bartholomew, who I later found out was the author of Square Foot Gardening, which is the best-selling gardening book of all time. Like two million plus copies, maybe three million now. I'm not sure. He's even a legend, sure. for sure. Yeah, he's a legend, he's a legend. And turns out he was living in San Diego. And so I go over to his, his condo, and we worked together for six months on building his website out, sharing his thoughts on the blog, that sort of thing, like kind of online marketing of, of the Square Foot Gardening vision. And I learned a lot actually from him, not only on the method, of course, but how he communicated it to others, how he popularized it. Uh, And so I have a huge affinity for square foot gardening because without that, who knows where it would be today.
2: Very cool. Very cool. You've had so many amazing videos in Garden Adventures. Um, You can call me Jam because I'm a little jelly because I (laughs) I love watching you on there and you have so much fun. And I, I just... I really appreciate it. Can you uh, let us in on, fill us in a little bit on what are some of your most favorite garden adventures that you've been on?
1: Man, so I think a really fun one that just was a total curveball, and it wouldn't have ever expected, is I had gotten on TikTok like way back when TikTok first came out, like when it rebranded from Musically, the more dancing app, and I was just creating kind of goofing off, making gardening videos on there, and an artist sent me a message, just this woman, Kaylani, sent me a message and she said, hey, do you do, you do garden installs? And I, I had not listened to her music, but turns out very prominent, very famous uh, singer. So I was like, you know, I don't really, but I'd be interested in maybe doing a collab if you're down to do a video. And at the time, Jacques, who's on our team, he has his own YouTube channel. He helps out a lot around the homestead. Oh, and the he's garden. great. He had just decided to leave his PhD in geology to join Epic full time. And I said, congrats. Time to drive up to LA and do a collab with a musical superstar. And he's like, What is going on? And it was in the middle of the summer. It's like 102, 105 degree heat. We go up there. She's super chill. We had a ton of fun making a video. We're like sweating like crazy because it was like, 105 feels like 115 you know it' was just so hot so we're in the backyard like spraying each other with the hose like she's probably like what are these guys doing you know but we turned out a really cool video really cool garden and she's she's been gardening ever since so it's just random stuff like that that I think I mean I, I can't reach people the way that, that that this woman could and and maybe they got into gardening because of her
2: well that's awesome and you, you just mentioned too that you know somebody was having hard times in their life and they reached out to you and and your videos seem to help them. It's like, how does that make you feel?
1: You know, it is very interesting because it depends on, I guess, the state of mind I'm in when I'm receiving it. Because sometimes at the scale Epic's at, and you know, hopefully this doesn't sound too egotistical or anything, but like the scale it's at, the messages just come in. And so sometimes you you can get a little desensitized to the volume, the sheer volume of it. But when you get one like that, it'll break through and really kind of touches you. And if if I sit there and get present with it and try to really internalize what this person is saying, then it can really hit really hard in a good way.
2: Absolutely. No, I just, it's pretty powerful. And it's kind of cool that you're, you're having fun, you're doing your thing. And it's, it's, I think it's blossomed and for use of a lack of a better term into something really amazing, um, something incredibly epic. Uh, And I think that's cool that um, not only are people just gardening and growing, but it's, Maybe affecting their life in, in in a way that is more profound than you'd probably ever even imagine to begin with. So that yeah, dude, that's really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had no clue, man, it would it would get to this level. So I'm grateful to be along on the ride.
2: <laughs> well, I got I just got a few more questions for you and then we'll let you go. But I, I'd be curious is where where is epic gardening going? Where 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 is I mean the sky I think isn't even the limit for you. So I mean, where do you have your sights set?
1: You know, I think it's just a very interesting time in the world and in generational change and all this sort of stuff, and I just th- see a lot of opportunity to kind of bring gardening back to the forefront of how we all live our lives. And so the way the way that expresses, I'm not exactly quite sure yet, but I think that there's a lot of opportunity still to come, uh, and I think a lot of products. Let's say we get in more of the business side of things, like a lot of products in the gardening space, I think were designed for a time when people didn't really care about being as wasteful as they wanted to be. And I think there's a lot of opportunity to develop better products um, and offer them at competitive, great prices to customers through, through our nursery partners. Like we have so many with Botanical that we're really grateful for. Um, And so that side of things, but then also bringing on more people like Jacques or, you know, someone else like, why shouldn't someone be talking about how to grow bonsai trees? Like that's cool. Maybe that's a path that, that someone could take into gardening. And so where's where's the bonsai guy or the bonsai girl that, that could help create some cool content with us? So I think there's just a ton of opportunity on both sides.
2: All right. Well, let me know if you're ever hiring, bud. I will, I will leave Sacramento in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> I've been up there I'm, a bunch. It's 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 a nice town, but uh, if you want to come down.
2: No, my, my wife is from San Diego and, uh, we love it. We love it down there and I love it up here as well, but, uh, you're, you're down there in a great spot. What, what, uh, zone are you
1: gardening in? So we're in 10 B and even with the, the, the zone change, we're still in 10 B. There you go. All right. Well, you can, it seems
2: like you can grow quite a bit in, in that, uh, location.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, like the, the, counterintuitive thing about us is everyone's like, oh, you can grow anything, true, but then the timing you have to master. Like the, the brassicas I have to plant uh, basically now and grow them through winter, otherwise they won't grow. And so it's possible, um, I can pull that off, but it's just a timing thing.
2: There you go. Well, man, I just want to thank you so much. If there's anything else you want to leave our listeners with, uh, the, the mic is yours.
1: I mean, I would say if you're listening and you, and you really haven't dived into the craft yet, head on down to the nursery, buy buy some stuff. You know, buy some plants, buy whatever interests you, and and throw it in the ground and, and see what happens. And who knows, it might change your whole life. Because lo- look at me.
2: <laughs> there we go. Yeah, your 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 proof. The proof is in the pudding, man. Well, this uh, Kevin Espiritu, I want to thank you so much for carving off some time for us. It's been it's been an epic conversation. And I w- I would request all of our listeners and encourage them to check you out. I mean, if they type in epic G. into into YouTube you're going to be you're going to come up so so darn fast there we Um, go it's really cool so I'd encourage them to go check you out and hopefully we can just just keep adding to to that uh to that journey man I think it just because I think as the more you go the more folks are going to come along with you and you're the pied piper in a way but it's it's in such a great way and I think um as more of us learn to grow and not just learn how to grow but learn to love it and incorporate into our lives I think it's something that's just truly profound and we need we need more people like you bud
1: Hey, man, I appreciate that. I really do. So thank you so much.
0: All right. That was our interview with Kevin Espiritu from Epic Gardening. Kevin Jordan, what did you think? Uh, He was
2: awesome. Super genuine, a great conversation, very positive uh, and uplifting advice. Like I said, it makes me want to get back in my own garden and get some growing as well. So I'm stoked on it. Um, I was really just, uh, I was like, some people get starstruck. I was star jasmine struck. Star jasmine. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, really just, and he was so kind and, and giving with his time and his energy. I, I love it. Um, he did not disappoint one bit. So and was, I think the story of him, just just a garden, just a person who just picked up gardening one day, like, hey, I want to do something new. And it just... It just grew and it blossomed and it's now it's like snowballed into something that I don't even know if he even thought it possible when he first started. Right. And who knows? The sky isn't even the limit for Kevin Espiritu.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, this Kevin maybe and so. I don't know. But uh, it was just a, an awesome story. I think we all grow, we all cultivate and to see him have so much success uh, for himself, but also for the people around him and for the people that are watching him to get inspired and to, to bring gardening and growing into their own lives on their with their, their own individual experience that's awesome. And I think we just need more folks like that.
0: And so my straw hat, I tip deep to him. It it was just great. I loved it. Absolutely. So if you want to check out Kevin Espiritu and what he's up to, go to EpicGardening.com and also check out Botanical Interests. Um, That is all the time we have this week. Thank you so much, Kevin, for joining us on the show this week. Um, Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Hey, well, thank you so much,
2: Kevin Espiritu. And, you know, actually check out his, his partner in crime, Jacques in the Garden. He's also got a great YouTube, and they, they get into some fun sh- garden shenanigans. Um, until next week, garden friends, whew, I, I got I to gotta dump a little bucket of cold water on me just to calm me down. Uh, <laughs> until then, garden friends, I wish you all an epic week out in your gardens, and go have some fun. Garden hard, garden well, and please never, never stop, stop growing. growing. We'll see you next time, friends.